Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Blessed day, yogis, and happy holidays. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. I want to start by expressing my sincere gratitude to each and every one of you, all of our dedicated listeners. Maybe this is your first episode or your hundredth episode. Know that you are appreciated. We hear all of your comments and we see all of your direct messages and your emails. And thank you for encouraging us to keep the great content coming. You are the reason that this podcast exists and the inspiration for the quality that we keep bringing. Thank you for being a present participant in this community. Today, we have a very insightful episode with Ella Kujikaru. In this completely outspoken episode, Ella shares her strict upbringing as a junior gymnastics Olympian and how yoga has healed her body from years of trauma. We also dig deep into the power of plant medicine and hear of Ella's first-hand transformative journey that has allowed her to cultivate a greater awareness of self-love. Listen close as Ella sheds light on how to overcome doubt and lead to greater purpose. Not to go to the how in life, not to chase the money, not to chase the fame, because you're always going to chase it and you're always going to end up being hollow. To remember your purpose, to remember to share, to be of service to yourself and to others, but your infinite potential and you create that with your thoughts so be the observer of your mind learn to humble your mind and find your why as ella shows us the journey of accomplishment that goes far beyond try on this outstanding episode of the yoga revealed podcast with my great friend and teacher ella kujikaru Blessings, yogis, wherever you are in the world today. We are so grateful to have you here for another episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. And I am absolutely ecstatic to be sitting before one of my favorite, all-time amazing teachers and just an absolute light in the yoga world, Miss Ella Kujakaria. Did I say your last name right? Almost. Kujakaru. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. Absolutely super excited to be sitting in front of you because it's been at least five years now that we've known each other. Yeah, ever since you came from Seattle. Yeah, in 2012, back in the day. Wow, time flies by fast. I know, time flies when you're having fun. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I just want to talk about, um, first off, like how we first met because I remember coming from Seattle, and um, I had been following you on Instagram for quite some time, just observing your practice and witnessing just how graceful you are in your flow, and how intelligent your body is in alignment through inversions, and I was like, I have to learn from this woman. I have to. And so I just showed up to Black Dog Yoga one day, 
and walked into class, into Ella's class. And back in the day, I used to wear like these tiny little, <laughs> tiny little Bikram yoga shorts because I was like, you know, if I'm going to sweat, I might as well just like not have as much to weigh me down, you know, light. <laughs> and so I just, you know, rolled out my mat, hopped on. And then like just in the beginning of like cat cows, I hear oh, Andrew Seeley, <laughs> Andrew Seeley from Instagram. <laughs> So, yes, that's how I met, I think, most of the people in yoga through Instagram and recognizing them on there. And I remember Andrew because I also followed him on Instagram, and I used to live in the Northwest. And I always think about moving or going back there. So I was wondering, why does he want to move to L.A., like the belly of the beast, as I call it, from the beautiful Northwest? So I was following his journey coming here, and sure enough, he did show up one day in class, and it's easy to recognize Andrew because of the shorts, because of the body type. I remember those shorts very well. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you became like my little brother for a little bit, and it's been amazing watching you grow up and be where you are now, and Mm. yeah, I love you dearly. Uh, I love you too, and it's an amazing experience to be in this world, and to be teaching yoga at this time. Yeah. I feel it's such a, a pivotal moment in the world and not only in our lives as like this history goes on, but also in like the the large scale of, you know, where we are currently in our sustainability and our president and, you know, the resources that we have and the technology that we have to be able to connect people, you know, and to inspire and to push forth greater consciousness. And I'm sure that we'll get into more of that, but I do want to start with um, your history, where you came from, um, how you grew up, and how you first found yoga. So I came from the land of vampires, (laughs) Romania, where Romania is known for two things, uh, gymnasts and vampires. And I was a gymnast. I grew up during a communist time where they would come to your preschool and... um, make you do two skills to see if you had the body type to be a gymnast. And it was an honor at that time. So I grew up doing gymnastics, and the longer I teach yoga, the more I realize I've been doing yoga all of my life, just on an apparatus in a different way, in a different realm. And um, what was your other question? Where did I come from? How did I start yoga? From Romania, I mean, did you just, like, move to the U.S.? Like, how did it happen? So that is a really long story. That will (laughs) be a whole different other podcast. But the short version is I made the Junior Olympic team in gymnastics when I was eight, I believe, seven or eight. And um, it's a complicated story, but we were part of the Olympic team, and our coach... We basically um, escaped. What's the other word for escape uh, that's more serious than that? I mean, escape is a pretty good word. Um, when I teach a lot, sometimes I, I forget the English words. But we left in the middle of the night. Our coach took us. He had guardianship of 13 of us. And so half of the Olympic team was in the United States. And we were told that we were going to be here for three months. Defected, that's the word, because mm. we realized later the seriousness of it. Um, So we came to the States. We were supposed to train here for three months. Uh, We ended up staying, and I had to make a decision at 12 years old whether I was going to stay in the United States or go back to Romania so I can compete in the Olympics. And I decided to stay because I figured I would have a better future here. And then I started yoga by complete accident. I had no interest in doing yoga at all. I just figured... It was like stinky people with incense and boring and just this <laughs> perception of it that was wrong. Um, it's 12.30. Oh, afternoon. Sorry, that's my <laughs> iPhone and my softer side of Mickey Mouse. Um, so my m- American parents, I was more or less adopted. Um, my mom decided that instead of buying us presence as we all got older and we were all in different cities going to college or living life that she would do a girls weekend she wanted to build memories so I think in 2009 we took a trip to Italy and my little sister's friend was doing um, a yoga retreat at EBO in Tuscany which is actually a pretty popular yoga retreat now a days and I'm sure still was then 
And part of it was a week of yoga. I have no idea why we went because none of us did yoga. Hmm. And I was hooked. I was hooked at the first Bokasana. I was like, wow, this is cool. I was so sore and I couldn't believe it. And I took my mom's $20 mat back to Los Angeles. Uh, I used to live in West Hollywood. I walked to City Yoga, placed it in Anthony Beninati's class, did a two-week trial, bought a year membership, and have never looked back. Wow. So, yeah. So, at this time, um, City Yoga and Anthony Beninati, that was basically like the the spot for Anyasara Yoga, Yes, correct? yeah. It was the number one Anusara studio uh, at that time. Yeah, everyone taught there. It, Anusara was it at that point. It took over the market. So, yeah, it's not around now anymore, but if you look at the history, it definitely dominated the market for, I would say, 10 years or so. And back in those classes, who were you practicing with? Always Anthony, um, which is crazy because later that ended up being my class. Mm. Uh, that studio ended up being Yoga Works. So it was a trip to teach in the same time slot where I learned everything in. Um, it was mostly Anthony, Tuesday and Thursdays in the morning. I would take Satie. Uh, late at night she was an incredible teacher very alignment driven but she doesn't really I don't think teaches anymore and then eventually people started saying I was like a male version of Dice so I looked him up and went to Black Dog where he taught and I think through him I learned flow and vinyasa and that you could make things fun and you could remix the sequence where Anasara is very Hatha, Iyengar based, very strict, very alignment driven. Dice was just fun and mm-hmm. it was just finding that fun side of just putting together things. But I'm grateful I started with Anasara. I'm grateful I had the mentors that I had because it teaches you the foundation. So I think before you can start to break the rules of something like Vinyasa, you need to understand sequencing. You need to understand what it is that you're doing to remix something mm-hmm. like a flow. Yeah, you can't remix before you have the beat. Exactly. The foundation is the beat. Exactly, know? yes. That makes sense. So at this time, you were just basically taking classes. You really fell in love with yoga. When did you decide to do your yoga teacher training and go from being a student to then becoming a teacher? Well, I'm always a student. I think we should remain students for the rest of our lives, but... It was an interesting process because um, I'm very type A, I'm very driven, and if I like something, I get obsessed with it. So I remember just starting to read light on yoga at home and teaching myself stuff from the book and starting to understand the philosophy of it. And my partner, Sal, I remember telling him, I'm not sure if I want to follow this yoga. And he said, why? And I said, I feel a very strong pull towards it, towards it. And if I allow myself to go towards that energy, I'm afraid it's going to take over my life. And I've always been pretty strong in intuition. And I already gave up my childhood to gymnastics. Um, then I did dance after that. And I just wasn't sure that I wanted something that intense again. And then it was students. It was five months into my practice. Muscle memory kicked right back in from gymnastics. So people started asking, when are you going to do your teacher training? And five months into your yoga practice is too soon. But my practice was quite advanced because of the years I spent doing gymnastics. So I went to Black Dog one day to take Dice's class um, and City Yoga didn't have a Q&A at that time for teacher training but Black Dog happened at the same time to have one so I went just to ask some questions and I did with no intention of taking it and then the owner Peter Burnett at that time called me the day of um, and asked if I was going to do it and I remember calling my mom my American mom and I asked her to borrow the money And she just didn't ask me about it again. She said, of course, who do I do it for? And I started that day. I literally decided three hours before the training. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. And then yoga has a lot of politics. And I did not know that City Yoga and Black Dog did not get along at that point. So I feel like I was being drafted into the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just a free agent. And I was just trying to learn and... I was really naive, I think. I just really loved yoga. I loved the spirit of it. I loved, and I still do, um, namaste. You know, the light in me honors the light in you. And I like the philosophy because it just it healed my communist past and continues to do so. But 
I think it's also a big business and it can be very cutthroat and we forget we forget that the light in me is supposed to honor the light in you. Mm-hmm. Totally. I have seen it myself and, you know, not only the podcast growing, but also just um, being in the yoga world and witnessing, you know, the politics of yoga studios and who's teaching and why and, you know, who's doing this yoga teacher training and why and, you know, who's able to teach the yoga teacher training and all that kind of stuff. It really comes down to the politics of yoga. And it's really interesting to see how something so just heartfelt and rooted and down to nature can become so business oriented and structured and down to money. Yes. Yeah. But um, I feel it's just the elaboration of anything. When yes. anything becomes yes. um, more attuned to the masses, then money's going to get involved. M and M, masses, money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a big business. Yeah. So, from teaching, how would you say that your practice was then informed by your teaching, and your teaching was informed by your practice? I think that, and I haven't taught teacher trainings, I always tell students, you're never going, in my opinion, going to be a good teacher if you do not develop a good, good home practice. You have to have a home practice, and I see teachers all the time. There's nothing wrong with taking class. You should continue to do that, um, but you have to have a home practice because you know exactly what your students are going to go through. You know when their hip hurts. You know when you need a counter pose. You know when it's been too much on one leg and so often, and I don't take classes often now for several reasons, but teachers don't develop a home practice. Um, and they just say, well, I get to Surrey A, Surrey B, and then I don't know what to do. Again, like you took class today, it's the discipline of it. It's how bad do you want something? I look at Iyengar and I have so much respect for him and what he has done for yoga and the body of work he has done. He created a whole style based on himself being sick, him, the props that came out of it, the body being his own laboratory. Because of being a top athlete, the longest relationship I've had is with my body. But my body is extremely damaged, extremely damaged and placed back half wrong. So my home practice, I know what my students are going through. You learn compassion through that. You know where they're going to struggle. You know where a prop could be helpful. And teaching, <laughs> it has and for me continues to be the most healing thing the power of a community like we talked about politics uh i choose to keep to myself as you know he always tell me to come to the west side to go to the greens and i don't i my community is what matters to me my self-development is what matters to me so community is everything it's it's what was missing in my life it's your support system it's when you go through hard times and you have them and they have each other it's just growing up in a communist country and growing up in an abusive way. If you're a true leader, and like you said, at this time and age, we need them, then you're always going to continue to work. You're always going to continue to peel back layers. Um, it's a huge responsibility to be a leader. It's a huge responsibility to lead a group of students and not to have it go to the ego because you feel entitled if I don't continue to grow, then I have no business leading a group. So self-practice is the self-discovery. Teaching shows you how you can be a better leader, where your holes are as a human being, where you go into the ego, where you sometimes react because you're standing on a stage. And it goes into your head and it should humble you because you pay your bills doing this. And 1% they say of yoga teachers in LA support themselves through yoga. It's like actors. I was talking to one of the new teachers yesterday. We talked about that, you know, and she was like, I can't make it at this. I made 12000 my first year teaching. You have to want it bad enough. So humble yourself. Be grateful. And don't be an asshole because you're in front of people. Don't let it go to your head. Mm. That's a leader. And how much of your self-practice is now meditation and really taking your time to dig deep into what makes yourself that humble? 
My practice has changed a lot. There's a student that moved back from New York on my Tuesday and Thursday nights, which are my favorite classes. They used to be Monday and Wednesday, but they recently switched to Tuesday and Thursdays at fourfold. I know that community so well, and um, I always tell them, look, when you can't do something because I teach strong classes, notice the flexibility aspect. So one of the students yells out, she's changed a lot since you're in New York, Nick. She's got the yin, um, yin kick or the yin bug. Mm-hmm. I've changed a lot because when you teach full time, you're tired. You just can't go as hard as you used to go you need a bolster you need a child's pose you're giving to everyone else so i don't care anymore if i never get another pose in my practice i care about elongating the piece um my reaction time because you know i work through anger issues to not be as long what changed for me and as I mentioned to you the other day, is I started plant medicine and I meditated on it a ton. And I realized it's never for me my love-hate relationship with LA. And at the time, I was trying to decide if I should take a job in Australia or not. Um, it's You have to take yourself anywhere you go. So it becomes... The meditation is that dropping into yourself. It's creating that sanctuary within you that you can close your eyes and find your peace, find your center. So, yeah, things I didn't appreciate like yin or meditation and I just cared about strong, strong, strong. That is the new strong. <laughs> yin is the new strong. That's that's what I think. Hmm. That's so, beautiful to hear that evolution. Because I, I remember coming to your class and you being like, straighten your arms and draw the shoulder blades back and you know oh, i still yell wrong about boys, that wrong boys, wrong boys. Yeah, that has not changed that is still there but now you're like soften you know open see where you're breathing from see where you're breathing into and you're i feel like your evolution has definitely brought so much more introspection in the practice and in the class and i really enjoy that it was a beautiful class today Thank and you. I'm, i feel that that change i feel that transition Yeah, I mean, I think you can only lead and take others as far as you've taken yourself. So if you feel a responsibility to others, when you stop growing, then that's where they're going to stop growing. And like I said, I want us to grow together. I want to grow old with them. I want us to be healthy as we grow old. And I said this in class, and I got it from Judith Lassinger's book. She would say, are you doing yoga or are you doing traumayama? And I think a lot of it has to do... (laughs) Traumayama. Yes, with who you're assisting with. At the time, I think when I knew you, I was assisting Ashtanga. And Ashtanga is very traditional, very classic, and I'm grateful for what I've learned from it. But there's no room for growth, I think. It's very much the sequence. You do it this way, it's, it's that, and I've picked from it. But I need different things every day. Some days I need yin. Some days I need a strong flow. Some days I just need a walk in nature and a meditation. So I think I'm trying to give the students more of what they need instead of what I want from them. And you look around the room and we live in LA. They come to yoga and they're more stressed out. Where's the breath? Where's the quiet? Where, Where is the getting to know yourself more? Where is the peeling of the layers? So... The system was a healing system, and I think we've pulled out this one limb of exercise and we've lost the rest of it. So I want to share that and bring that back, because I want it for myself. Mm. I want to be at peace, too. Mm. Aww. You're so sweet. <laughs> um, so you spoke of plant medicine yes when you speak of plant medicine which plant medicine do you speak of and how did it help well andrew i've done several <laughs> since then and um, one of my privates basically she she paid for me to go and uh it's where i went it was not quite cheap and you have to take the time off so i'm not sure if i would have been able to do it otherwise so then i've paid it for to my partner I went to Blue Morpho in literally in the middle of the Amazon jungle, slightly left of the Amazon jungle in November. I spent my birthday there and I did a week-long tour of ayahuasca. And ayahuasca, you basically leave your body. It's an out-of-body experience. Out of 40 people, I think I was the only one that didn't have visions. For mine, it was felt sense. My whole life, I've been just this this athlete with the body, so I felt everything. I could feel my dad's anger. I could feel my mom's anxiety, my mom's depression. And I've always felt these things in my life, and I wasn't necessarily knew 
who they belonged to, but I knew that they didn't belong to me. It was my family line. Um, so ayahuasca, I meditated a lot. I did a lot of yoga on it. Um, I think for the first time in my life, I removed this this body that's the storehouse of memories. I removed some. So I think for the first time, and there's more work to do, I had a chance to go, who who am I? Who am I as a human being? What makes me? Not my communist past, not my alcoholic father, my abusive father, not my depressed mother. Who who am I? And when you're that open, you get an opportunity to put back in what it is that you want into the body. And I think the students thought I was crazy at first, but they noticed a change when I came back. So they've been really supportive of allowing me to go and do the work. And I think that's that was the beginning of everything for me. I, I will work with plant medicine until the day I die. I hope to lead yoga and plant medicine retreats. I know that this is the next path in my evolution. Mm. So yeah, throwing up in a bucket, not a good time, but <laughs> necessary. So what do you feel about the plant medicine and its um, healing remedies were actually allowing you to go through a process of discovery of self like what do you feel was like the tipping point for you in your journey of plant medicine that helped to change your mind i think the tipping point was the second night when you know you're just you're you feel the dark energies because like all of us we're creatures of habit and even though when we know something isn't good for us like a relationship that should come to an end we stay in it for the fear of being alone when a friendship is maybe not the right one anymore and without growing it, but we stay because of the history. We like to be in the comfort zone. And I remember the dark energies of just the, the like I said, the anxiety of my mother, the depression, the anger of my father, just sitting deep into my stomach, into the core, into the psoas, into where everything lives in that center and that integrity. And I was trying to throw up, but I couldn't because everything was pulling me back. And I remember I was like, you have a choice. You can stay in the comfort zone of what you know, where you can let this go and break through. And I knew that if I got nothing else out of that trip, it would be that. And I just remember throwing up in that bucket. Um, and then I showered and then I was like, what else is there to do? And you felt so much release and so much lightness. So I just, I meditated. I think that was a huge tipping point in that. I remember the pain that I always feel on my back because I have osteo necrosis in my right hip. So my, my back overworks on the left side. And it was showing me the pain and it was holding me in that pain. And then I started crying like... I mean, crying in ways I've never cried. And it was just releasing so much sorrow, so much sadness for how I grew up and the abuse that I grew up in. And it is always that, you know, when you have a pain in the body, it's never just a pain in the body. It is an attached to that storehouse memory in the mind. It was releasing that. Um, it just... That was with ayahuasca. And I, I just recently came back from Cusco where I did San Pedro and... San Pedro just, I forgave myself, I forgave, San Pedro is a beautiful medicine, and it's so light, and unlike ayahuasca, that's like a strong vinyasa, and it kicks your ass, this is like a beautiful restorative class, or a sound bath, and it just showed me love, like I've never learned love in my life, I've never loved myself, I've, I've only learned conditional love through abuse, my partner loves me in a way that I couldn't love him because I, I've never experienced it in myself. You cannot give someone else something that you don't have. To experience love, to experience peace, to experience first the anxiety I live with, and then to experience being grounded, to experience how we are all part of this world and we're supported, it just was beautiful to realize that I am beautiful and not just to see the worst qualities in myself. God, it's, they say one night of ayahuasca equals 10 years of psychotherapy. And the two together is the yin and the yang. It's tough and it's hard to understand, but it's plant medicine. You, you can touch the ayahuasca tree. You can touch the cactus that you work with. They're all part of the earth that are here to help us, but we're just got so disconnected along the way. Do you feel that that disconnection from the earth is now allowing us to become more reconnected with ourselves? Because I feel like, from my perspective of 
just witnessing the current times that we're in. There's a lot of people that are disconnected, and that's the reason that we have the current president that we do, and that, you know, a lot of, um, you know, havoc has been wreaked all over the planet, really. And there's a lot of desensitization behind what you eat and why yes. you eat it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel that there is this rising awakening of conscious people who are experimenting with plant medicine and experimenting with meditation and going to yoga and even eating properly now and, you know, becoming a vegan or just plant-based, you know? So these types of decisions, I feel, are all happening um, for a certain reason. You know, and with that being said, would you say that you and your practice of teaching yoga have now witnessed um, kind of like a greater awakening? Yeah, I mean, I think it is what you said, and it's the collateral beauty. We have this president, and we have, like you're saying, all of this stuff. And on the flip side, the collateral beauty is that people are waking up. But when I was in in all places, actually, in in Iquitos and in Cusco, I met people from all over the world, some that are yoga teachers, a lot of people that were searching for the purpose of life, searching. And that was how I started, too. I was searching. I, I knew there's a consciousness. I knew that there's something bigger. I knew that there was a connection because I had moments of it in the practice, but I couldn't sustain it. And now I want to, I remember talking in a Cusco, I'm like, how do I share this with the students, this prana, this energy, this force, without obviously them doing plant medicine? And again, I have more work. There's way more layers that I need to do to get there. But it has changed my teaching a lot. And, you know, I remember the talks, the Q&As when we were doing San Pedro and... Um, Leslie said, the leader has said um, that there's a reason why the world is the way that it is right now. Like you're saying, it's our conscious as as a humanity, it's our thoughts. Our thoughts carry energy. And this is all stuff that is a Eastern European, as hardcore as I am. Back in the day, I'd be like, I would never believe this till I experience it. And now I'm like, yeah, you know, everything's possible because I've experienced the craziest things. And it is our conscious thoughts. It is what we value in leaders. Think about back in the day, the leaders that we had and what we value now. So there's this responsibility, I feel, with yoga that is not just a class where you go pick up a paycheck because it is too hard to make it in yoga to pay your bills. Go do something else if this is not your path. But if this is your path, there's a responsibility to help wake up people. Therefore, you have a responsibility to yourself to continue growing yourself as a human being. And that's why I get so crazy when people just come to class and they just use it as an exercise and it's like Beyonce night yoga with weights and here's a loud playlist we don't need to keep checking out we need to keep checking in I I mentioned the Handmaid's Tale in class today because it is such a disturbing show but so good and you see it and it's based on people with fear and this new government started and the way that things are look at what's happening right now instead of humanity everyone finding their purpose and peace and loving each other and helping each other we're talking about building a wall like i just think it's sad so i think that there's a there's a responsibility if you consider yourself a leader if you're leading other people you have to help you need to help otherwise you need to get on a different career path Wow, that's that's so potent because I feel that as a yogi, that is the dharma of the yogi, is to uplift and continue to support those who are around you. Because in becoming more positive and light, your only destiny is to shine as bright as possible. Yes, I've coming I've learned through plant medicine, like coming from an abusive background, it's I you tell me this all the time because I have this fear of when someone else takes my class who I look up to or whatever it may be and you're like but you're Ella and I'm like yeah I'm Ella I'm Ella and it's slowly it's stepping into my power it's Mm. realizing that but it's when you've been abused you somebody crushes your self-esteem and your soul all the way down 
So teaching yoga, I share a lot about myself. And I know I remember teachers saying, you need to show them that you're perfect. You're a leader. I'm like, that's not a leader to me. A leader shows their weaknesses. A leader shows how they got there, how they grew, where they used to be and where they are now. Like, I joke that yogis go to India and they have uh, gurus. They go do Mysore and they do the dot on their head. And there's nothing wrong with that if that is your truth and that is your path. But I feel like a lot of yogis do it because it's like what you should do. And I joke that I go to Peru and I have a couple shamans and... You know, I drink plant medicine and throw up in a bucket. But what I love about those leaders is how steady they are. It's how grounded they are into who they who they are now and their path. And that work is hard. And you see their past and where they came from, and that's what inspires me. That's what inspires me. I don't care about you being perfect because that's not real, that you're lying to yourself somewhere along the way. That's an illusion. So how do you lead as a yoga teacher? How do you hold the space? How do you continue to grow? How do you continue to stay inspired? I know people are like, oh, your intent is just yoga. And I think yoga has the power to change. Look at what Yogananda created. Look at what Gandhi, who was a yoga student, created. It's a school of life. It's I just think it has so much power if we're willing to, to, to do the work as teachers. So as teachers, um, many of our listeners are teachers, or at least those who are on the path to become teachers. What would you give as three helpful tips to finding your why? Yes, I talked about the why a lot in class today. Why do you want to teach? Why do you want to do this? It's not an easy path. There are so many other paths to do it. If you think, because you look at another Instagram yogi who travels and you think that's a good time, no. What do you have to say? Why do you want to do this? The What was your question? Three tips Three to tips. find your why. Three tips to find your why. First of all, who, who are you? Who are you? Like, who are you and what do you have to share? If if you... I started with two people. So I would go home crying and I would say, what else do I want to be doing? If, if you can't come up with anything else, then this is your path. So three tips. One, surround yourself with a good community. Whether it's other teachers, whether it's students, surround yourself with a good community. Two... I wish I would have done this. Um, Look at studios that are close to you. You're going to have to drive all over LA anyway, (laughs) but at least try to build a community, try to find studios that are closer to you so you don't spend your time in the car all the time, which you will, but at least as starters. So if you can't come up with another answer of why, then this is your path. Good community. I don't even know that I have three because when you're starting, you don't know yet. You don't know your needs. What about self-practice? Yes, you for sure you need a self-practice. But I think from my experience, when you are first starting, you need to figure out if this is even your path before you figure out your three. I'm the only one out of my teacher training group that even does yoga let alone teach yoga i think it's this thing where people and i've seen it from teaching teacher trainings i don't even think you can have three tips go out there go try subbing a class uh try other teachers try other styles i think there's so that i think that is the problem to me because you do three months of teacher training and you're like congratulations i'm a teacher a third Two-thirds of my um, group has not graduated yet from teacher training. That's how hard I made it. And it ended last April. (laughs) So I think when you're starting, you need to figure out if this is for you. You need to go assist. You need to go apprentice. You need to learn every damn style. I don't like Bikram, but I can tell you about a Bikram class. Go get informed. You're not a teacher. You are not a teacher. That piece of paper does not make you a teacher. And... I think that's where we need to change things at the teacher training level. So forget the tips. Don't call yourself a teacher. Go get a mentor. (laughs) There's your biggest tip. Go do that. So for those who are aspiring to become a teacher, what would you say are three qualities of the best teachers that you've experienced thus far? They know who they are, or at least they're searching they're humble. They're always grateful for the opportunity to learn, whether it's from themselves in their home practice or someone else. And a lot of times they're actually, 
there's this quiet strength about them. It's, I guess it goes with humble, but it's more than that. Uh, it's, um, it's the search for the self in terms of who they are, but it's also the search for the practice. So I started off practicing very static. Now I'm very much about moving in the vinyasa and holding in the yin. Uh, there's a search to notice where yoga could evolve and the studying of the different styles. There's there's a, the quality for life, for the need to travel, to notice how other cultures live. Integrity. There, there's just this, they live from integrity. It's more than your truth. It's not allowing something to happen because you know it's wrong. Um, it's speaking up when you need to speak up. It's it's taking that 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 seat of a teacher seriously. There's there's always a need to search because it doesn't end. Whether it's a search for the self, a search for the style of the practice. But if you are not humble, you will think you know everything, and that's 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 the struggle I think too with social media with having followers sometimes and thinking you know everything. Like be grateful, but keep searching. Keep searching. How would you say um, social media has changed the yoga atmosphere as a whole? God, I think it's changed so much because the people that I've mentored with and the people that I appreciate either don't have an Instagram account or do not have a big one. And I think back in the day, you had to know it. You had to know your foundation. You had to... Uh, your name had to get out in a different way where the mouth was huge and I think now with social media and I said this in class in some ways I'm grateful for it because it's how you found me it's how I have met a lot of people it's how I've gotten to travel but you have to remember that it's just a tool and it's a tool that could go away at any moment so I know I'm not very good at playing that game of of some of these things but the thing is no one can take your foundation away ever so learn your foundation realize that work your tools but it's an app it's an app that is gonna go away and then some other app is gonna start and then i feel as soon as i get to know one i another one starts and Mm -hmm. i have to learn a new hashtag right and i suck at technology Mm -hmm. i think it's changed it to a way again like we you were saying about leaders in the state that the world is in look at who we give praise to um we buy a product because an actor makes it so because you see it in the commercial and they're attractive and they make it like that matthew conaway with that car (laughs) it's a sexy commercial right and the sales go up so that's that's like you said why we are in the state that we are in today look at who we value what happened to the true leaders what happened to the martin luther king the i have a dream like what happened to those we have to change it on some level so i think there's a lot of times that people go to workshops from a teacher and they don't learn anything but they take photographs of that teacher with that instagram account um so on the flip side you sometimes bypass the basics you bypass learning how to be humble how to be good because it it came easily to you and there's other teachers that do all the work and having a tool like instagram can be very great because it allows them the visibility they would not have otherwise had but ask yourself, if that app went away, where would you be right now? Could you stand on your own two feet? Would you know how to teach? Where are the cracks in your foundation, in your basics? So use it correctly, but it's not everything. It's just a tool. Very well said. Um, for our listeners who may be first beginning their yoga practice and you know, just getting onto their mat for the first few times, could you give them one nugget of advice for the longevity of their practice? Yeah, I think when I've met people and they say, oh, I tried yoga, but yoga didn't work for me. And I often will say, how many teachers did you try? I think it's like anything. You can say that about a relationship. Well, I tried dating and it didn't work out for me. But you didn't give up because probably you long for a life partner and you learn each time that you go on a date. Same for going to school and realizing that the major you had was not the right one for you. I think you have to find the right teacher. So it's such an amazing practice. And we talked about truth and being humble and integrity. You have to find the person that resonates with you. So 
don't give up on the teacher and then be honest about yourself like why are you starting yoga how old are you what point in your life are you and again I love ashtanga and I get so much crap for it because I take it what I learn and I pull it out of order but in the name of tradition I was limping during the second series I have osteonecrosis in my hip I can't do like behind the head every day so look at different styles of yoga try different styles of yoga because you don't eat the same thing every day you don't dress the same way every day your needs change use your practice to help your life don't use it purely because you want you know lifted butt and core you're going to get that anyway so can you go past that learn the philosophy whether it's through talks through yourself because that's where the magic is understand that it is a whole system yoga it's an amazing thing it's more or less a way you choose to live if you're truly doing it so don't give up because it didn't work for you look at the style look at the teacher and keep trying it Mm. that perfectly segues into a question that i really love and it's what is yoga to you how would you define yoga Oh gosh, I, you know, I am type A and I'm working on that and I, I do run on anxiety and I'm working on that as well. So for me, yoga, stepping into that mat, um, it's, I always think like, what if we're like a computer and we are able to have different buttons so you could turn the off button on something. <laughs> Uh, Like my partner always says at the end of the day, can you turn the volume down? Because I only see him at the end of the day and I want to share everything with him and he's exhausted. So I talk really fast and he just needs some peace and quiet. He's like, where is the off button? Where is the off button? Hmm. So for me, when I step on my mat, it is the off button of my mind. I've had the longest relationship with my body. So the the body connection for me, that's, that's where I live. I said yesterday, I am at my best when I teach or when I practice. It's when I I believe the most. Uh, It's when I remember that everything is possible. I am at my worst and I see the cracks in my foundation when I'm driving, when I'm on the 101 and when I react to things. So to step on the mat is to step into a place that only exists there for me. It's my refuge. It's my quiet time where I don't have to be anyone's girlfriend, a teacher. I don't have a past. I don't have a future. I just am. There's such a beautiful thing that you can do with this breath. And it's constantly what I wish other people could understand where there is no struggle. There is no resentment there's there's no um fighting with anything with the self with the ego it's just this beautiful flow and you understand that you're so much more than the body and that the body corresponds with the mind it's my refuge it's my saving grace it's where i heal it's where i recharge Mm. that was beautifully put If you could give our Yoga Revealed listeners one golden nugget of wisdom um, to help them in their path of yoga or in their path of finding their truest passion, what would it be? Well, like we've been talking in class this week with the themes is knowing your why. Why do you choose the career that you have? Why do you choose the friendships? Why do you choose the relationship, the city? Because life's going to kick your ass and you're going to have to fight and you need to know your why. If I've learned everything through plant medicine is that we are infinite potential. We are infinite potential, but we stop that. We stop that with the ego. We stop that with our fears. We we just stop because we've seen the opposite of it. So we are infinite potential that you can be both strong, but you can also be fluid that we are rooted into this earth and we are part of it and we can draw energy from it not to go to the how in life not to chase the money not to chase the fame because you're always going to chase it and you're always going to end up being hollow to remember your purpose to remember to share to be of service to yourself and to others but your infinite potential and you create that with your thoughts so be the observer of your mind Well, the Yoga Revealed listeners and all the beautiful people who have the grace of being here with us today, I must say namaste to them and thank you so much for seeing the light in me and sharing your light with so many, Ella. 
I truly appreciate your guidance, your love, your practice, and your purpose. And I'm proud of you for growing, and thank you for always reminding me that I am Ella. (laughs) (laughs) You are Ella, and you're so, you have so much to share, and I truly appreciate you for taking the time today to do so. Thank you. Thank you for driving to the valley. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Ella Kujikaru and her upcoming classes, trainings, and online classes at her site, elevateyoga.com. Make sure to also check out her Instagram at elevateyoga for incredible daily inspiration. And Yoga Revealers, I am super stoked to invite you to check out eatthriveyoga.com. It is my newest creation that I have been spending the last six months creating. It's the first steps towards taking your transformation to the next level. A plant-based diet has literally guided me to an optimized lifestyle, and I feel that it can do the same for you. So check out eatthriveyoga.com to take your first steps in transforming your life and truly taking your diet to the next level. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright. Blessings. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.